Let me tell you how I feel so that y'all don't have to feel like you got to be so transparent. I was leaving the house this morning and I just said, I said, just mumbled something to Jamie on the way out the door. I said, I'm just so ready to just go and get today over with. Oh, y'all never been there? I told you I'd be transparent so you didn't have to. But I am so thankful that even in my moments of just wanting to get through, God comes through. Come on. <laughs> Come on. In moments where I will accept a survival mentality, God says, no, this is a revival mentality. Come on, somebody. Come on, God is good. Come on. He's good. He's good. Hallelujah. He's worthy of all the praise, all the glory. Jesus, my, woo. <laughs> mm. I'm just so thankful for the Spirit of the Lord that meets us where we are. That He is the greatest preacher in the room. Piercing and penetrating the hearts of people. Discerning the thoughts and knowing exactly where we are, but yet He still calls. He's so good. He's so good. He is so good. Mm. Isaiah chapter 40 and verse 31 but those who wait on the Lord they shall renew their strength they shall mount up on wings like eagles and they shall run and not be weary they shall walk and they shall not faint Father, we thank you for your word. God, I feel the weight of it in this room even right now. Lord, I thank you that your word is about to settle on the hearts and the minds of your people. It will far supersede the drums of their ears, but God, it will beat upon their hearts, God. Lord, their minds will be renewed. Father, there will be a quickening that comes from this word for those, God, that you are calling simply to occupy, simply to wait upon you, Father God. Lord, I thank you today that as we would gather around your word, God, that it would be like the life of us, God, that we would taste of it and see that you are good. God, that it would be the light of us, God, that there would, it would become an illumination for our darkened path, God, that it would become the revelation, God, like a map of our a compass on a map that it would direct our footsteps God that it would become a voice from behind us that says this is the way walk in it God that we would be okay with the way things are because God we know that you are the author and we are the page and the Holy Ghost is the pen that is writing our story and so God we come to you today gathering around your word and we say yes Lord to your word for it to accomplish that which you have sent it to do. 
In Jesus' mighty name. I want you to turn to three people before you're seated and ask him this question. What's taking so long? Come on, ask him. What's taking so long? What's taking so long? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You may be seated all over the house. Have you ever been in a restaurant or let's just say even a season that you've said that question? What is taking so long? Has there ever been a moment of where you were expecting something, anticipating the arrival of something, but you found yourself rather questioning, what is taking so long? I've come to realize that the, one of the hardest things to wait on is not a meal, it's not a waitress, it's not a, it's not a new item, and it's not even my favorite uh, uh, Netflix show releasing the next season. The hardest thing to wait on is to wait on God. Can I get a witness in the house this morning? The hardest moments of our life are the perpetual moments where we are called to simply wait upon the Lord. See, there's people right here today in this room, and some of you are waiting. And you are waiting, even as I'm uttering these words, uh, you are waiting, and in your heart and in your spirit, you are asking God, what's taking so long? Some, watch this. Some of you are frustrated. Some of you are agitated. Some of you are ready to get up and leave the space in which God has called you because you are saying, what is taking so long? Whether it's the restoration of a marriage, whether it's the salvation of a lost loved one, whether it's a job, maybe it's even, uh, maybe it's even something like your joy coming back. Come on, somebody. Some of y'all waiting for your joy to come back. And because God said it would come back and you're asking and you're saying, what is taking so long? See, the hardest wait is to know that he is able, but yet wonder why he's not doing it. The hardest wait is to know that God is able, but yet it's as though he just chooses not to do it. Questions like, God, can you hear me? God, are you there? God, do you even love me? God, do you even care anymore? Will become the utterance of those that are waiting on the Lord, knowing that he is able, but yet nothing is happening. What is taking so long? See, these are the real questions of those that have waited and are waiting on the Lord, knowing that he is able, but yet nothing is happening. See, I truly believe the difficulty of the wait is not thinking that, it, that with God it's impossible, but rather with me, I'm impatient. The problem with the wait is not the idea or even the, even the thought that with God it's impossible. The problem with the wait is I'm impatient. Come on, somebody. See, the truth is, is people are obsessed with time. I said, we are, as a people are obsessed with time. We are obsessed with time. Even to the extent that it's on our phone, it's on our, uh, it's on our wrist, it's on our, uh, the dash of our car, it's on your TV, it's on your computer, it's on the clocks inside your home, it's on your job. And some of you, even while you've been here, have checked the time. See, I find comfort in the fact, though, that God doesn't just make us wait. Jesus waited too. 
Jesus waited too. See, I find comfort in the fact that in the moments that I feel like I am waiting, I am anticipating, that I know God is able, but I am impatient. I find comfort in the fact that when I can search the scriptures and I can see that God made Jesus wait too. Watch John 2, verse 1. John 2, verse 1, coming out of you to the New Living Translation. This morning it says, The next day there was a wedding celebration in the village of Cana in Galilee. And Jesus' mother was there. And Jesus and his disciples were also invited to the celebration. And the wine supply ran out during the festivities. So Jesus' mother told him, they have no more wine. I love this. Dear woman, that's not our problem. (laughs) And Jesus replied, my time has not yet come. My time has not yet come. Come. I find comfort in the fact that Jesus was appointed a certain time and there were things that were promised over his life. There were things that were prophesied over his life. There were things that were positioned over his life. But Jesus could not walk in those things until the arrival of the appointed time. And I need to speak to some people this morning that there's been some things that have been prophesied over your life. There's some things that have been promised over your life. You are even position for certain things in your life and God is saying the time has not yet come but it does not mean that it ain't coming does not mean that it ain't coming it's just not time yet my time has not yet come you know there's a saying that swept through the church world a couple years ago that said the best is yet to come I've never seen a shirt though that said The time has still not yet come. (laughs) Ain't nobody celebrating the waiting is what I'm saying. Come on, somebody. So I want to answer some questions and teach and break this practical statement down on what is taking so long. Can I answer this question then? What is God doing (laughs) while we are waiting? Can I tell you something? While you are waiting, God is working. Watch, I'm going to show it to you in the Bible. Isaiah 64 and verse 4 says, For since the world began, no ear has heard and no eye has seen a God like you who works for those who wait for him. So we find the confidence of the calling that while we are waiting, God is working. I don't know about you, but I get pretty upset if I am waiting at a restaurant on a meal to arrive, and if I were to rush the kitchen and say, I don't care, I want my chicken now. Come on, somebody. And, ah, yeah, 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 we're going to preach this Chick-fil-A this morning, all right, because you can't have it, it's Sunday. I would get mad if I went to Chick-fil-A and it seemed like it was taking 30 minutes, and and it's supposed to be fast food. Come on, some of y'all done bought into the lie that he's a fast God. Woo! But, but it's supposed to be fast food. I would get pretty upset if I rushed them and I told them, I said, I don't care, just give me my chicken sandwich right now. And when I bit in it and it was pink. See, what I find out is, is that while I am waiting, they are working. Watch this. They are working to bring it to the fulfillment of where it can be consumed in its purpose. What am I telling you? I'm telling you, you can't eat raw chicken. 
And a lot of us spiritually are telling God to hurry up and God is hollering back from the kitchen. The chicken ain't cooked yet. You can't eat raw chicken. It ain't done yet. I'm still working. I'm still moving. I'm still shaking. I'm still doing something that you can't see. We're hollering what's taking so long and God's saying, I'm working. Trust me. I'm at work. So how is he working? Can I tell you something? That sometimes God is working on it. I said sometimes he's working on it. I don't know what your it is, but he's working on it. And whatever it is, can I tell you something? That you want. Sometimes it is not ready yet. Whatever it is. God is working on it, but you have to realize it may not be ready yet. So why is God taking so long? Maybe it's not ready and God is working on it. But catch this. Maybe you're not ready and God is working on you. What's taking so long? Maybe it's ready, but you're not. Oh, come on, somebody. Maybe it is prepared. Maybe it is ready. Maybe it's, uh, it's available for you. But God's saying, hold on. I'm not working on it. I'm working on you. I'm not changing anything behind the scene. I'm changing things in your heart. So when you walk in it, it won't just be ready for you, but you will be ready for it. Come on, somebody. See, God, why, why won't you give me what I want? Because you can't handle it. God, why won't you give me what I want? Because you can't handle it. God, I need this job. God, I need this. I want this. I want that. I want this. And God's saying, but you ain't ready for it. See, a lot of people may say things like, God, give me a better job. God, I need more money. But God's saying, you can't handle the money you got now. God, give me more influence. God, I want to I I I influence more people. And God's saying, it's not influence you need, it's character. See, i got to develop your character so when you get the influence, the influence don't pull you away, but your character keeps you rooted. I can't give you, I can't give you more provision. I can't give you more money because you're mismanaging the finances I'm putting in you right now. Y'all real quiet in the house of the Lord. See... Sometimes what we will discover is that God is teaching you to draw near to him. Watch this. It's not, it's, it's not that it's not ready. And sometimes it's not even that you're not ready. But sometimes God is using the waiting and he is working it for you to draw to him. Sometimes God will allow a distance between you and destiny for this reason. Because he knows that if there's a distance, you will draw yourself to him. The Bible puts it this way. It says, do not just remember the Lord when your baskets are full of, or, 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 or empty of fruit, but remember them when they are full. What did it say? It said, don't just be a person that wants to serve God when it's hard. God said, I'm going to build a relationship in you so when life is good, when the bank account's full, when the marriage ain't headed for divorce, when the job ain't in bankruptcy, I'm going to develop a walk with you that whether it's good or whether it's bad, you will bless me and you will seek me and you will serve me. What we discover is that in the waiting, God is teaching us to draw near to him, to depend on him. Because sometimes God does something in you before he ever does something through you. See, sometimes God will draw us to him, not because of what we're, where we're going, 
but because of what he is growing inside of us. I'm reminded of Paul on the road to Damascus has an incredible counter with the, with the resurrected Christ. The Bible tells us that as Paul was on the road to Damascus, uh, that, that the resurrected Christ appeared and, and shining forth in his glory, it struck Paul from his high horse. He falls on his back and a voice of the Lord begins to speak to Paul and he asks him, he says, Paul, why are you, perse- or Saul, why are you persecuting me? And we find out that it's in this moment that, that, that Saul the persecutor becomes Paul the apostle and, and, and there's a transition that happens in in Saul's to Paul's life but watch this watch this watch what happens Saul does not get up and go straight to preaching no, if you'll read the story, you will find that as Saul is struck from his horse, there's actually blindness that happens in his life. And then after that blindness for, for three days, then all of a sudden now there is a waiting period of three years where God is cultivating, God is working. But watch this, it doesn't end there. And we'll find out that even after that, pa- after that pattern of waiting, that God also allows Paul to continue to be a tent maker for almost a decade where 10 years he is working in the gospel, but he is still working and building tense and what am I saying I'm saying that sometimes what we find out it's not what God is calling us to it is the work he is doing through and sometimes God is more concerned about what's going on in us before he's ever worried about where we are arriving and some of you are in a season of waiting and it may be three days it may be three years or it may be ten years but God wanted me to come today and tell you you got to quit to looking to where you are going to and start realizing there is a work in you that God is wanting to accomplish too we're all about the arrival we're all about the destination but God is saying I am more concerned about what's happening inside of you Can I tell you something? So what do you do while you're waiting? Since God is working, don't waste the waiting. Come on, somebody. Quit rushing the waiting. Quit trying to move in the waiting and and manipulate in the waiting. Don't waste the waiting. Wait, but don't wait passively. Watch this. Wait faithfully. Because those that are faithful with the little things will be made ruler of much. Sometimes God wants to see what we are doing with the weight to see if we can accomplish and we can be trusted with what he is leading us to. Sometimes the waiting is more of the season. It's not that it's not ready. It's not even that we're not ready. But God just wants to make sure that he can show us what to do while we wait. Isaiah 40 and 31 says, But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up on wings like eagles, and they shall run and not be weary. They shall walk, and they shall not faint. We find here that there is something that God does supernaturally when we wait on the Lord. There is a renewing. Have you ever thought that maybe what's taking so long is it's not that it's not ready, and it's not even really that you're not ready, but maybe it's that you're weak. Maybe God's saying the journey ahead of you is long, 
Maybe God's saying the journey ahead of you is hard, and I need you to sit here and sup with me. I need you to, I need you to see what it's like to just be in constant fellowship with me because in this moment, I am renewing your strength. I am allowing you to rest for the run that is coming. Some of you are so anxious to get there, and God's saying you don't understand. If you don't wait, the journey will kill you. You don't understand. You're saying, let me go, God. Let me go do it. And God's saying, you got to wait because I'm building your strength spiritually. You got to wait. The truth is, though, is the wait is never easy. We talk about weights, and we, 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 we have to understand that nobody likes to be told to wait. I don't know how many times I'm with my kids, and if I go in somewhere, even just this week, we were here at the church, and I pulled up to the church on a, it was in an evening, and I told them, I said, y'all wait in the truck. I'll be right back. Y'all laugh because you got the same kids. And I was in here for maybe two minutes. I walked to the back. I had to get some stuff. And as I was coming back out, I looked in the foyer, and there was three kids peeking around doors. They was hiding because they knew they weren't supposed to come in. But what concerned them is how long it would take for me to come back. And see, I think a lot of times spiritually as spiritual children to our Heavenly Father, God tells us, wait right here. And we get out of position because we get so anxious, wondering, when is He coming back? See, and what it is, though, is it, it, even when I told them that, I knew in my head, I knew in my heart, I knew they were going to be disobedient. When I got in the truck, I told them, I said, I knew y'all couldn't wait. And I just wonder how many times is it in our life that God says, hey, wait right here. And as he begins to walk to get us something, he hears the patter of his children's footsteps And he shakes his head and says, I knew they couldn't wait. I knew they couldn't wait. Because the truth is, is the waiting is never easy. Nobody likes to be told, wait. Watch, I'm going to prove it to you. Y'all will leave here today, and you'll go to an incredible steakhouse like Texas Roadhouse. It's a two-hour and 45-minute wait. Y'all like, hey, we're going to Outback. We're going to McDonald's. It don't matter. This boy's hungry. Come on. And some of y'all do that spiritually. It's the best steak in heaven. It's the best steak in heaven. And God's telling you, it's going to be two months and 35 days. That's three months and five days. It's going to be three months and five days. It's going to be three months and five days, and you're like, it's okay, God, I'll take McDonald's. Y'all laugh because you're guilty. And God's telling you, he's like, it's, it's going to be a two-hour wait, and you're like, I can't wait that long. Because the wait is never easy. Nobody likes to be told to Wait. Because we don't understand spiritually, Isaiah 40 and 31 said, those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. 
What if, oh, what if you found out that while you was waiting at Texas Roadhouse, they were going to serve you cheesecake? They were going to set up a massage table? They were going to allow you to get your nails done? Oh, come on. I'm preaching to somebody. See, I want you to know that when you wait on God, it ain't like waiting on man. When you wait on God, he'll pull up a table. He'll, he'll serve something for you that while you're waiting, you can worship. That while you're waiting, you can bless him. While you're waiting, when you get up and they call your number, you you'll be able to celebrate the moments of your waiting. That's what it's like waiting on God. He says, I'm going to renew your strength. I'm going to do a work in you while you're waiting. You're going to be glad that I told you it was two months. Some of us are so excited to get there. God's saying, but if you're more excited about getting there, you'll miss what I'm doing here. See, some of you need to be encouraged on the fact that while the wait is never easy, I want to show you something. That from the Garden of Eden to the birth of Christ, the world was waiting on the Messiah. But why did God take so long? Why wasn't it ready yet? Why? Since the foundations of the earth, God knew his plan. God knew the purpose since the found, from, e from the Garden of Eden. God knew the plan. Why did it take so long? Some of y'all mad because you're waiting 10 years, 30 years. God's like, I'm going to make y'all wait thousands of years. Hold up. <laughs> why did God take so long? Can I tell you why? Because the world wasn't ready yet. See, we have to understand that even in the period of history, there's an intertestamental period is what it's called. The intertestamental period, watch this, is you had the Old Testament and then you had the New Testament. Everyone quotes the Old Testament, everyone quotes the New Testament, but very few preachers preach about the time between the two. And this morning, I cannot properly elaborate the power of the weight until you understand the time between the two. See, we find in the Old Testament, in the book of Malachi, in its ending, there is a season of silence from the book of Malachi to the arrival of Matthew of a span of 400 years. There is a moment etched in history where God is silent. Not for four minutes, not for four months, not for four years, but for 400 years. For generation after generation after generation, generation comes and God is silent. Generation arrives and God is silent. Another generation arrives and there's no word from the Lord. Why? 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 Because... We'll find out that even though God didn't speak, that God was still at work. You know, I want to say this, that while God was silent in that season, I imagine that there's people that missed the rebukes of the Jeremiah's. Come on, somebody. At least there was a word in Israel. At least there was a word from the Lord. I don't know about you, but there's been seasons of my life where it wasn't that I was just waiting, but what's really bad is when you're waiting and God is quiet. 
Those are the real hard seasons is where it's not just God is like, hey, wait here. He's like, wait here, and he don't come back. And you call, and it goes straight to his voicemail. And when you get his voicemail, it says, sorry, voicemail's full. And you can't even leave a message. Come on, somebody. And so you call again, and you call again, and you call again, and there's no, see, it's not just the hardness of the wait. It's what about the wait when you're waiting and God is silent? Come on, somebody. That's the worst part of the wait. Can I be honest with you this morning? We say waiting's hard. I'll tell you what's even harder than waiting is waiting while God is silent because sometimes it feels like God goes silent. Sometimes it feels like God goes ghost. I don't know about y'all, but I, there's been moments and times in my life where I got ghosted by the Holy Ghost. Some of y'all talk about being wrecked by the Holy Ghost. I'm like, that must be nice because I'm being ghosted right now. I ain't seen him. I ain't felt him. I ain't heard him. Come on, somebody. And then in that moment, God is saying, hey, wait here. Come on, somebody. We have to understand this is the moment that Israel is in as a nation. It's not just that God has made them wait. He has made them wait. And now for 400 years, he has gone silent. Why? Because while they were waiting, God was working. See, while you're waiting, God is working as well. Galatians 4 and 4 tells us, but when the right time came, but when the right time had come, God sent his son. When? When the right time had come. you got to understand something. There is a, while you may be obsessed with time, God is out of the space of time. But out of the space of time, he is interjecting in the work of time. And he is causing all things to work together for the good of those that love him and are called according to his purpose. And while you may be waiting, and while God may be silent, there is a perfect time coming in your life where not only will it be ready, but you will be ready. And God's saying, now! Now, and he will interject. Oh, my God, I feel that. Now, now, he will interject his plan. He will interject his purpose into your life. Some of you are frustrated. Some of you are ready to quit. But God's saying your now is coming very soon. When the right time came, God sent his son. Looking back, we can see now as we have the record of history, I believe that there's, there's multiple reasons of why, but I've got a couple that I want to share with you on why I believe now there was that span of 400 years of waiting. As we look through the 400 years of silence, the first thing that we have to understand is some things that happened in that timeline of that 400 years. From Malachi to Matthew, the first thing that began to happen was the Socratic method became a new way of learning. Instead of the Diadec method, which, watch this, the diadec method is somebody standing, much like what we know is even church today, is preaching, but yet no interaction. Come on, somebody. That's why discipleship is important. Hold on, I'm going to teach you this morning. But what we know is the Socratic method was, was, was where, where now the teacher would teach, and the people that were listening were encouraged to ask questions. Woo, 
oh my, get, 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 get this, get this, get this, get this. So in that span of 400 years, God was shifting some mentalities to change people from the idea of somebody just preaching to them, them shutting up and being silent and going home. And he changed it from a method of somebody just saying everything they needed to say. That's what religion did. Religion had its say so, but you couldn't say anything. If you did, it was called blasphemous. But what we find out is that God shifted the te- teaching technique in the world. And now he would bring it to where there was a mentality that a teacher would teach, but questions could be asked. Hold on, we'll go somewhere. The second thing that we find out that in that 400 span time, you ready? Was that in that 400 span, 400 year span time of God's silence, remember, why are we looking at this? Because while we're waiting, we're gonna find out God was working. In that 400 year span time, here's the problem is in that 400 year span time, the Old Testament was only in Hebrew. It was written only in Hebrew in about 280 BC, 280 years before the arrival of Galatians 4.4. What we find out is that at that time, there became a shift culturally, and now watch, now the Old Testament was translated into Greek. Oh, hold on, we're going somewhere. The third thing, the third thing that we can find in the span of that 300 years, and there's actually about 18 different things that uncoincidentally happened in that span because what we'll find out is while there was a waiting, God was working. The third thing that we find out is Alexander the Great was conquering the world. And not only was he conquering the, the, the Great, but Alexander the Great was not only conquering the world, but watch this. He was setting a pattern that there would now finally come in the realm of the earth a kingdom that heaven could say, that's what I'm talking about. See, Jesus was waiting for the arrival of the realm of the kingdom in the earth that, watch this, watch this, watch this, every other kingdom in the the earth up until this point, they would go out and they would attack and they would overthrow, but when they did, they would take the spoils and they would bring them back to their native country and they would burn the city down. But now there arose an empire by the Roman Empire and there was a mentality that when Rome went out, Rome didn't come home, Rome took Rome with it. And everywhere that Roman uh, soldiers went, their job was to establish Rome in every territory and it's why the greatest empire ever known as Rome when it showed up it overthrew every part and developed Rome where they were watch this Jesus arises on the scene and in that time now there is a kingdom that he can look at and he can say this he can say thy kingdom come Thy will be done in the earth as it is in heaven. Watch this. God never intended for us to go out and overthrow uh, 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 the, the principalities and powers of darkness and then just come back and hide to it in our church. Woo, come on, somebody. See, the mentality is, is that when we show up, we bring the kingdom of God with us, and everywhere we go, the kingdom should be made manifest. Jesus said, now is the time because there is a kingdom in the realm of the earth that mirrors what my kingdom looks like. There's a whole lot more there, and I'm not even going to teach on that, but it would be really interesting if you like that kind of stuff. You'll find out that the term, watch this, apostles, the term apostle is actually not a church term. It's not a religious term. The term apostle is actually Roman. It's a militant term. Roman apostles were the apostles that were sent out. Watch this. They were sent out to establish Roman rule and law everywhere they went. When Jesus came, the Bible said, and he sent 12 apostles. He established his apostles. What were they? They were the ones that he was sending to go to 
and establish the kingdom of God. Watch this. It wasn't a church term. It was a militant governing term because God said, I'm creating an ecclesia. I'm creating a church that when it gets in, in, in position, it will be establish things in the realm of the earth. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. What happened, though, is Alexander the Great, as he was going out, he was... Uh, See, we have to understand that Jews were forbidden to live in Jerusalem at this time, and they were being spread around the world. But as the Romans came through, they developed roads and highways throughout the empire. And everywhere they went to go, they would establish roads. Hold on. So now, in this season of waiting, in this season of silence, Brooke, you can come on. We find out that for the first time in history, you ready? That people were encouraged to ask questions. Why? Because God was about to send the answer. For the first time in history from Malachi to Matthew, we find out the second part that everyone now would have access to a Bible in a language that they understood. The third is that we would find out that the good news could now spread in a common language through the Jewish people whom God loves and whom God is for. And now the entire world would come to know. Why, God? What's taking so long? And God says, I'm working while you're waiting. You can't see it now because you're in this moment of waiting. But behind the curtain, behind the veil, you'll be able to look back over your life and you'll be able to say, God, I see now that you were working while I was waiting. God, I'm so thankful in that moment and in that time where you were calling me to sit because I understand now it's in that moment that you were working while I was waiting. See, when the right time had come, God sent His Son. Why? Because God's timing is perfect. If you're struggling this morning, if you're struggling in the moment of what's taking so long, maybe you're struggling, you're asking God, God, why won't you answer my prayer? God, why, why, why do I feel like you don't hear me? God, why won't my child come to know Christ? God, what's taking so long on, on the new job with the better benefits? God, what's taking so long with, 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 with the bigger house for my family that's overcrowded? God, why can't I have a vehicle that runs? Can I encourage you this morning that I don't know what you're waiting on, but I'm confident to say that while you are waiting, God is working. That you may not see it now, you may not understand it now, but, but even some of you feel like you're in a holding pattern where it seems like God is giving you the silent treatment. Can I tell you something? You're taking notes. If you don't write anything else down today, write this down. Just because God is silent does not mean He is absent. Just because you can't hear Him doesn't mean that He's not near to you. Just because it seems as though God is silent does not mean he is absent. Stand with me all over the house. Can I tell you something this morning? God is not ignoring you. God is not neglecting you. God has not overlooked you. God has not forgotten you. See, maybe it's not ready yet and God's working on it. But then again, maybe you're not ready yet and God's working on on you. Or maybe, maybe, maybe God's not ever 
going to do what you want him to do. Maybe what we're waiting on, God is saying no to. Maybe it's not a matter of God saying, wait here. Maybe God's saying, you don't belong here. This is not the plan that I have for you. There was an old country song that Garth Brooks wrote that I love because of the fact of what it said when he said, sometimes I thank God for unanswered prayers. There are people in this room that you have prayed for God to do things and now you're rejoicing that he didn't do them. What am I telling you? Sometimes God's working on it. Sometimes God's working on you. But other times God is simply telling you, no, that's not the plan I have for you. And you have to be okay in the waiting. Isaiah 55 and verse 8 said, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. See, this was even true for Jesus. My time has not yet come. John 12 and 23, it says, Jesus replied, The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. In verse 27, Now my soul is troubled. What shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. No, it was for this very reason that I have come to this hour. Father, glorify your name. See, this is what I want. I want to trust you, God, that even while I'm waiting, I can worship and say, God, whatever it is, as long as you get the glory for it. God, I believe you can. God, I I believe you will. But even if you don't, I still believe. God, I believe you can. God, I believe you will. But even if you don't, I still believe. See, what if the God you're waiting on is actually waiting on you, though? 2 Peter 3 and 9. 2 Peter 3 and 9 says, The Lord isn't really being slow about His promises. As some people think, no, He's being patient for your sake because He doesn't want any one of you to be destroyed, but wants everyone to repent. What if you're not waiting on God? What if God is waiting on you today? This is what we're going to say. God, if I'm waiting on you, I'm going to trust you. God, if you're waiting on me, I'm going to surrender. Every head bowed and every eye closed all over this room, I feel as confident as anything today that there's some of you right here You're not waiting on God. God's waiting on you. God's waiting on you to surrender your life. He is waiting for you to submit. He's waiting for you to let complete control go and say, okay, God, I trust you. I trust you. I'll follow you, Lord. I'll do what you ask me to do. I'll be who you want me to be. Lord, I'm done. My life is not my own. I count it as lost. I, I, I pick up my cross now and I follow you. To die is to gain. That, the, that Christ in me would be the hope of glory. You're here today and you're saying, God, I know that, you're, that I'm not waiting on you. God, I know you're waiting on me. I know I need to surrender. I know I need to submit. I know I need to let go of the control that I've been in. 
You're here, right here, right now, right now, right now, right now. If that's you, would you step out from where you are and come to this altar? Come on, come, 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 come. Come, 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 come. If you feel that pull from the Lord, come, come, come. God's not, God's not, you're not waiting on God. God is waiting on you. God is waiting on you. Some of you right now, you're holding on the back of a chair in front of you. You're holding on a pew and, and you're, you, because you know that this step is huge. You know that you're saying, I can't do this anymore. I, I can't, I can't be in control of me anymore. God, I surrender. God, I'm giving you my life. I'm giving you my all. I don't want to be found waiting on you and I don't want you waiting on me. I'm letting complete control go today, Lord. Letting complete control go. There's more here. There's more. There's more. There's more. He's not being slow. Thank you. Come on. Come on. He's not being slow concerning His promises. He's being slow for your sake. The time is so that you can realize just how much you need Him. If you feel the pull, even during worship, we're going we're gonna to sing and worship the Lord in closing. But as we do, maybe, maybe you're here today. You just say, Lord, I'm going to wait on you. And I'm okay to wait. And I'm okay that it's taking so long because I understand there's things happening behind the scene that I don't fully understand. But God, I'm going to not be passive in the wait. I'm going to be faithful.